Good afternoon, good morning. It's Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360. I hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome you back to another edition of our Leaders and Customer Loyalty series. In this series, we talk to the brand leaders about what they are seeing and hearing on the front lines of customer, channel, and brand loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Jan Cote, who is a U.S. Marketing Communications Manager for ExxonMobil, uh, which has over 11,500 fuel and community stations nationwide. Jan, how are you? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Um, looking forward to the discussion. Uh, first off, we always like to get to know the people we speak with on a little bit more of a personal level. Uh, we'd love to know uh, what you do at ExxonMobil and your role, but also would like to know maybe a fun fact about you, a passion you have, an interest you have. Uh, that'd be, that It's always great to kind of kick things off. Yeah, sure thing, Mark. So uh, here at ExxonMobil, I look after bringing to life uh, our marketing plans and programs. And so that includes loyalty, our premium fuels and other portfolios. And one of my hobbies is I'm a car enthusiast, always have been. And it's just really exciting to work in a space where those two come together a little bit. So, you know, for me to have a chance to promote our premium fuels that came out in 2019, our loyalty program, Exxon Rewards Plus came out in 2018. And some of the really exciting partnerships we launched in 2020 uh, is fabulous. So that's how those two come together. Well, that's good. That's awesome. Well, what, uh, what is your favorite car or maybe the favorite car you have? Oh man. You know, I think the favorite car I had was the first car I ever owned. You know, I paid $3,000 for it and I never washed a car so much in my life. Uh, the cars have gotten nicer, but they haven't gotten any cleaner and there's just nothing like the passion you have for your first car. Okay. Uh, I had a Reliant K car, so I don't have the same <laughs> passion for that car, but, uh, uh, yeah, um, that's good. Uh, I'll take my Raptor instead of the, the K car. That, that's probably my passion there car. Go. All right, good. There you go. Uh, uh, so for those who don't know about ExxonMobil, uh, I think you probably have to be living under a rock to not know anything about them or haven't seen them. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about, about ExxonMobil's short history of, uh, you know, what you guys do, how you do it, and, you know, all that you offer? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Mark. So ExxonMobil has been around for about 135 years. You know, we're a uh, a leader in providing energy solutions globally. Uh, we're a company that's got a very diverse portfolio, of course, exploration and the upstream activities associated with that, uh, all the way down through manufacturing, which is refining, uh, and down through the sale of gasoline and diesel that we, uh, we sell through various channels, including our retail stations, which now number over 11,500. Um, and so we're a leader in the space and in retail fuels in particular, we continue to uphold our tradition of innovation. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you a little bit more about that today uh, as we as we go forward. Absolutely. Uh, and to that note, uh, the Exxon Mobile Rewards Plus program, uh, great program, very successful program. Can you tell us a little bit about the program, kind of the genesis, how long it's been around and uh, kind of the, what you guys do in, in, in that program as well? Yeah, I'd be happy to, Mark. So we introduced ExxonMobil Rewards Plus in 2018, uh, and we've been very pleased with the performance of the program. Uh, it provides consumers the opportunity to both earn and redeem points on fuel, car wash, and convenience store. And the C-Store element is, is unique in our industry. Uh, and so we're particularly proud about that. And we've continually evolved it. Uh, and so it's not only matured, but it's also become more compelling and relevant to those consumers that we serve with it. Okay. 
And I think last fall you launched a, a, a frequent filler uh, bonus program uh, designed to uh, you know, reward those who drive a lot of miles. Can you tell us a little bit about that program and kind of the goals for that? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So we launched frequent filler really to provide recognition to those that are on the road the most. Uh, and so whether you're a business owner, a long commuter, um, and so forth, we wanted to provide something extra uh, for those members. And so we launched a frequent filler program, very pleased with how it's performed for us. And more importantly, with how it's performed for consumers, you know, consumers using that program uh, have been very engaged, you know, and all our metrics indicate uh, that that's a very, you know, a very good segment and one that connects with our message well and our offer well. That's awesome. When the fuel industry, uh, you and I are having a little conversation yesterday uh, about the industry. It's a very unique industry. And I think uh, mm -hmm. for those who run customer loyalty programs uh, in our audience, it'd be great to know a little bit more. I mean, it, there, there's some stores where you own the fuel, the fuel distribution, some use wholesalers, some have, you know, yeah, you know, one location, right? So can you tell us a little bit about that, the industry at a high level and, and how it's unique compared to other industries? Yeah, so the, uh, the retail fuels industry in the United States is predominantly a branded wholesaler model nowadays. Um, what that means is that, you know, the oil companies typically don't own a substantial proportion of the sites uh, that they serve with fuel. Um, and so it makes our marketing challenges uh, both unique, but also a great opportunity. Uh, and so we demonstrate value not only to consumers, but also to branded wholesalers and to potential branded wholesalers uh, as we make sure that they understand the value that we bring with our brands. Um, and so that seems to be, you know, the way the industry is headed, um, has been rather and, and, and continues to be. And, you know, we're delighted to have the opportunity to, to work as partners with our brand wholesalers and bringing value to consumers. Absolutely. And as, as you and I were talking yesterday, I think one of the things that Exxon does a really good job of is providing them unique data, unite in, insight into the program and how to leverage that to truly drive uh, engagement and, and, and behavior with, the, with their constituents or their end users, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we made tremendous progress in the area of leveraging data. You know, people, Mark, talk to me a lot about, you know, how do you feel about data? How do you feel about where data is headed? Do you feel challenged by data? Um, I feel fantastic about data because it's allowed us to remain relevant and to provide our consumers, our loyalty program members in particular, uh, messages that are going to connect with them, messages that they're going to value, and it presents them at the right time for them. Uh, and so it's a journey, but I feel good about where we are in that journey, uh, and we're getting sharper and sharper with our messages and targeting over time. Okay, great. And I know the ExxonMobil Reward Plus program has uh, partnerships with several other brands. Uh, you know, partnerships are more and more important to, to marketers today, especially when you can get those that have a symbiotic relationship between, you know, two or three different brands, which can be very difficult to do. But you guys have a number of great partnerships with other brands. Can you talk to us about how you traditionally approach partnerships? And, and do you think that's something that'll be a bigger focus for Exxon going forward? Yeah, Mark, I mean, we're very, very excited. 2020 was a, a fantastic year for us in terms of bringing new partners to the table uh, and really harness the power of both brands when we're working with individual partners. Um, and so we count now partners as diverse as uh, AARP to Amazon and Apple. You know, we've done some exciting things with them over the past year, and we feel really good about that. You know, we feel there continues to be opportunity to develop partnerships 
because frankly, you know, consumers really look for brands that are relevant to them. And by continuing to grow our brand in terms of uh, either associations or promotions that may be done in conjunction with, and the enablement of innovative payment solutions that these partnerships bring uh, is really, really exciting for us, you know, to hit the consumer where they need to be messaged um, and also to be able to keep up our tradition of innovative payment. Uh, you know, we were the first to market with the SpeedPass Bob in the 90s, and we continue to follow that tradition, uh, being the first to bring an app to market with the MR, SpeedPass Plus at the time, now the MR Plus, uh, and now having NFC and QR-enabled payment uh, at our sites. And, and when you look at the the, 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 innovate, uh, the innovation you do around payments, uh, being a you know market leader there, um, what is driving that? Is that kind of voice of the customer? Customers asking for a convenience or going through COVID? Was that something that you know a number of retailers and members of Loyalty 360 talked about how they had to make those innovations right because people didn't want to touch things or uh, you know necessarily get in, in proximity with uh, humans at some, at some point? And what drove some of that innovation? And how do you stay kind of ahead of the curve there? Yeah, thanks for the question. So we, we had these plans in place well before COVID. Uh, okay. And we manage we manage innovation as we would manage innovation in other parts of our business. You know, we invest billions in technologies, whether they be in the upstream or in retail fuels. And so we have a roadmap. And that roadmap is really intended for us to keep our uh, lead position in the area of payment technology and retail fuels. Uh, and so it was just a perfect time for us to bring some of these payment options forward uh, when people were looking for safe, secure, contactless payment methods, uh, you know, through our app, through QR codes, through NFC tags. Uh, and it really positions us well for the future. Uh, and there'll be more to come on that. That's great. Looking forward to hearing more about that as well. Uh, customer loyalty, uh, as we know, is very important. Uh, you guys were, uh, you know, uh, leaders in the, the fuel industry with your program to innovate. What, what does customer loyalty mean to you and to your organization? Yeah, consumer, consumer loyalty for us is all about, uh, you know, that consumer and how we can better serve them, uh, how we can make ourselves relevant to them, how we can grow our brand affinity in working with them. Uh, and what that requires is the data we were talking about before, Mark. You know, we, we now are in a position where we understand our loyalty members very, very well well enough to predict what their next action might be or what we might influence it to be. Um, and so, you know, that's very exciting for me because we can present to a consumer something that they value before it may have already entered their mind. Uh, and that's really the interesting part about how data and loyalty come together. Absolutely. Um, when you look at uh, the data you talked about, uh, technology continued to innovation, innovate, you know, the MarTech stack is 8,500 uh, platforms. You know, uh, we were talking a little bit about this yesterday. So best of breed, you need know, a big enterprise where you can use and leverage, you know, kind of a, the specialty uh, platforms as well from loyalty or a VOC or CX or offer management or optimization. You know, what is the, you know, the, the challenge you have with regard to uh, technology, making sure everything works from APIs and SDKs and everything. You guys do it so well, you know, what are the, what's the biggest challenge you think for brands in managing all these different technologies today? Yeah, I think the challenge for, for, for many brands is, you know, how do you make all that data 
meaningful. Um, and, you know, I know this has been talked about a lot across you know, many different industries, uh, but in the end, it's like, how can you apply that data and distill it in a way that's going to give you something you can work with and be more effective with the consumer? Um, and that's really the trick and it's complicated. Um, but if you focus on the critical few things that you believe are needle movers with your consumers, uh, we feel as though we have a great future ahead of us and we have a very strong foundation to stand on. Um, I would position it as, you know, currently we have our foundation in place. We've got our first story in place and we're just putting layers on top of it in terms of how we harness more and more of the available data so we can move from the critical few to build in others uh, that may apply to, you know, smaller and smaller sections of our, uh, of our consumer base. Right. Uh, so, we know presenting a sports car image to males of a certain age gives us a bigger response. Uh, later in life, we'll be able later in the program's life, we'll be able to tell, you know, does that consumer prefer to see a Corvette image or an SUV image, for example? That's good. Well, and that gets to personalization. Uh, personalization is very important, uh, you know, both from the, the, the you know, the, the fuel entities that you deal with on the back end, but for your brands as well, for your end consumers, you talked about understanding what their preferences are and being able to action on that in real time. That's a big challenge as well. You know, how are your brand, uh, how are you as a brand looking to enhance your personalization efforts? Yeah, personalization is a word that's used uh, a lot. Um, and, and for us, it, it's just really a way for us to think about how do we present the most effective message uh, to the consumer that we've targeted at the relevant time. Um, and I feel as though we're already there on personalization, uh, but we're moving from personalization to really individual engagement. Uh, and that's the next leap for us, uh, you know, and that becomes much more complex when you're trying to hit Mark uh, as opposed to trying to hit you know, a male of your age in the community you live in that drives a luxury vehicle. Um, and so we're excited by all that, you know, and marketing communications is a science. Uh, and with my background in, in economics and so forth, I mean, it, it's truly amazing uh, the power of the data as you become capable to leverage more and more of it to be even more engaging. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I think what, what is interesting, especially what we see is, you know, the community of marketers we have, there's so many technologies or consultants out there that really hit the brands over the head. They need to do this, they need to do that, right? Brands know what they need to do, but they want case studies. They want to know how to actually do it, what the measurable return is for leveraging technologies. And it's interesting, we continue to hear just so many different entities like reach out to us on a daily basis with brands need to get to a personalized approach. Well, brands know they need to do that, right? They need to know how to do it. They want to know case studies. They want to know real life examples of how to do that. And uh, it's just interesting. There's sort of a dissonance between the provider, some of the providers out there who want to engage with marketers like yourself. They, they, they want to talk down to you, say, you need to do this. Well, you know what you need to do. You want help in you know, bringing that to bear, like you talked about, making iterative enhancements, which I think you guys do an amazing job. And it, it's just interesting to hear your approach, especially if, you know, talking about marketing communication is a science. It is, right? It's data. It's making those those data sets actionable and being able to aggregate them to discern those those pieces of, of, of what car they may drive or what interest they may be to, to you know, get to that incremental change, which you guys do a great job of. Yeah. And if I may add, Mark, I mean, the, the, when I interact with, um, people in the technology space that work with us or aspire to work with us, you know, those that impress me most are those that 
can come forward with an understanding of our ecosystem uh, because to present recommendations in the absence of understanding what I'm working with today uh, makes it very challenging for me to see the path from where I am to where I want to go. Uh, but I've seen some, some significant improvement. I suspect the challenge for many people in positions like mine across industries uh, is trying to separate what would be great to do and you know what feels very lucrative right. uh, into what's going to deliver bottom line results for your business. Um, and you know we're there, but we could be we could be more advanced there, and that's what we continue to focus on. That's awesome. You, uh, customers, uh, we know they're changing preferences, interests. Uh, how they prefer to pay uh, potentially. How do you think your customers are changing and, and how is ExxonMobil uh, adapting to that change? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're watching very closely, as you can imagine, how consumers responded and continue to respond to COVID and its effect. Uh, you know, we started that right at the beginning of the, the pandemic. Uh, and so what we're watching for now is which of those trends are going to be sticky and which ones were only through the period. So for instance, we know that the miles driven are not that dissimilar from pre-COVID, but they're different in where they're driven. So we're seeing less commuting miles and more road tripping miles. Um, and so that really presents opportunities for us to present messages and offers that are relevant for people on a road trip that are distinct from those that would be effective uh, with commuters, for instance. Absolutely. And that probably gets back to the opportunities you have with leveling your partnerships, whether it could be with a hotel or kind of a boutique or, you know, some sort of luxury service potentially based on the customer. Those partnerships come into play and that data becomes very important as well, knowing where they're driving, knowing that I'm filling up in here, potentially filling up in, in not, not Knoxville and Nashville versus, you know, uh, the one close that I may have been if I was driving to work. So that gives you a great data set again that I think you could leverage in a partnership environment, correct? It, it does, Mark. And, and what we're excited about there is, you know, as we meet with potential partners going forward is um, being able to leverage their member base so that we understand how their member base and ours may connect, right, or overlap, uh, you know, and that just enriches what we have available to us in terms of data about our members. Um, and so, you know, that's another part of the partnerships that is, is very exciting to us is better understanding our consumers' habits and better understanding what adjacent value they will see in promotions that come from different types of partners. Okay, great. Um, when you look at the success of your customer loyalty, customer experience efforts, what are some KPIs that, that you and your team use? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the ultimate KPI is, is, is our business growing? <laughs> are we growing faster than our competitors or losing less than our competitors, you know, in demanding challenge in challenging demand conditions like we saw uh, of course, through COVID, that's the ultimate lagging indicator that we look to. If we double click on that a little bit, in terms of the loyalty program, uh, what we look to in terms of KPIs is, is the program drawing in new members? Are we keeping the members that join engaged? And that means is their share of wallet increasing? And are we keeping them in the program for a long time? Do they remain active? I mean, those are all the indicators we look for. Uh, but we're being more and more mindful of, you know, how does that CX experience look? And that's what's going to get you to sustainability. And by that, I mean, um, you know, we're trying to send different messages, to different consumers at different times. How do we choreograph those in a way that they're optimized? Uh, and so that's probably the next, you know, the next step that we will undertake and have already start, started taking some steps in that direction uh, is being mindful about every message we send 
to each consumer uh, so that they're optimized in terms of when we send them and who we send them to. Okay. What do you think the next big thing for customer loyalty is either for your industry or for ExxonMobil? Yeah, I mean, I think the next thing for loyalty, you know, and if I, I think about loyalty as well in, in small L terms, uh, you know, it's how do you keep consumers engaged? Uh, you know, I, I see that consumer habits have shifted and will continue to shift as demographic bubbles work their way through the system. And also as uh, consumers maybe reprioritize what they're looking for in a provider. Uh, you know, and many people go to our sites because their kids like the car wash at that site. Uh, the kids want, you know, the Slurpee or the other beverage that may be available at that, at that site. Uh, and so we're being very mindful about what draws consumers to our site. Uh, and oftentimes the fuel is a big element, uh, but there are other elements as well. And we're very well poised there because we have redeem and earn capability in EMR plus for those backcourt purchases. Okay. Um, uh, the last question I have for you is, you know, how is ExxonMobil different than the competitive set? You know, do you see sort of uh, kind of the same uh, innovative approach that uh, from your competitive set? Uh, or do you kind of think what you're doing is unique? And if it's unique, which I think a lot of it is, how do you stay ahead? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it, we have a very robust competitor set in our business. You know, we have formidable competitors that have great programs also. Um, there's a couple of areas where, you know, I feel we're a little bit different. Uh, one is, as I just mentioned, you know, the opportunity for consumers to earn and burn their points uh, on the C-Store and car wash side. You know, we think that serves us well and serves our consumers and our branded wholesalers well. Uh, the other point I might call out is uh, we, we've got a, a tradition of innovation. Uh, and so our steps for the coming years are already in motion uh, in terms of evaluation and in terms of what we feel will hit the market best and when. Um, so I would say forward planning and, you know, in the moment, the backcourt side of our program um, are unique. Okay, great. And the last question I have actually is, uh, you know, as a trade association for the industry, uh, we have a great deal of respect for what you guys do, but, you know, what can we do to help you, you and your team, both here and internationally, potentially with regard to customer loyalty? Yeah, I think the, the power mark of what you bring um, is the opportunity to make connections, you know, and your member list is, is impressive and uh, the opportunity it brings to members to connect with one another and have discussions about whether member bases may overlap um, is very, you know, is very uh, exciting to me, uh, you know, because over time consumers don't think about necessarily their experiences as unique, you know, they'll think about experiences that may bring aggregate value to them. Uh, and it may be, Fuel plus hotel, you know, as an example, uh, it may be fuel plus something else. It may be fuel plus convenience plus hotel plus rental car when things get back to normal. So I think as different loyalty ecosystems come forward, uh, we'll start to see consumers looking for aggregation for convenience sake um, or at least affiliation. So, I mean, that's the part, you know, when you reached out to me that I was excited about, uh, you know, and I, I hadn't had an opportunity to be exposed to um, what your organization was, but, you know, I'm really, really excited to become a bigger part of it. Absolutely. We're uh, definitely excited to get you more involved as well. And uh, uh, great interview. Uh, it was uh, very interesting to hear uh, what you guys are doing. I think one of the things with you talking with you today and yesterday, uh, the passion you have for what you're doing is very unique. And uh, that, that always 
doesn't always kind of show through in some of these interviews, but just the passion you have, the commitment, and just how succinct you are with uh, kind of your responses. I think it, it's great. It's really telling of the, you know, just the focus that you have because customer loyalty, we think, is more important than ever before with GDPR and CCPA and CCPDA, what's going on in Virginia. You know, but using the customer loyalty platform as a, as a great tool to enhance, you know, marketing communication, experiences, engagement is amazing. And what you guys do is great. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a pleasure talking with you. Yeah, likewise, Mark. You know, it's, uh, it's been great to get to know you these, uh, these last several days. And I look forward to uh, working with you again. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening.